Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. God bless you. Um, I'm going to let you be seated this morning. Just want to mention a few things. I do want to say uh, thank you, um, Pastor Austin. Great message last week. Thank you for ministering to Sanctuary. And uh, my wife and I and our kids, we were out of town last Sunday. We were preaching in Missouri. And I told you shortly before COVID hit, I think it was, that the Lord had dealt with me that I needed to not be so apt to just turn down every invitation that comes along. So I was going to do a better job of not doing that. And we've got the help around here that I feel like I can preach out and... um and from time to time. So we were honored to be in Missouri this past weekend, had a great service with them, and uh, enjoyed it so very much. But I will tell you this, there's just no place like home. And I just love to be with all of you, and um, I thank God for the things he has been doing. Please be in prayer, because there has been a lot of sickness, and... Uh, just people battling different things and some of it that has lingered and we want to pray for those that have battled uh, through sickness and then I know the holidays are upon us and so it is the Sunday following Thanksgiving it is the middle of deer season and I'm just surprised that some of you folks are still saved right now so <laughs> But uh, so you can look around normally. This is, I mean, this is a good crowd for for this building, I would say, obviously. But normally we are packed, packed, packed. And so you can tell people are traveling. And um, for those of you that are traveling, get home. We want to have church with you. Somebody say amen. 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 And be safe. That's right. Um, next Sunday, we are going to be so privileged to have with us Brother Danny Odell. Um, Brother Odell is a tremendous preacher of the Word of God, and uh, you will be highly blessed by the ministry of Brother Danny Odell. And so that is going to be next Sunday. Uh, we look forward to that. And then, of course, the following Sunday will be Spirit of Christmas, and that's going to be a wonderful time. Wonderful time. I don't know if y'all realize it or not, but our days in this building are very limited. This morning I stopped for a moment and began to count them. We have, um, assuming everything continues as it is scheduled to, we have five Sundays left in this building before we must vacate it. And, uh, and it will be sold. And I just don't know how I'm going to feel about that. I... I, I don't mind saying, and I've, and I've said it many times, that can I just talk for a moment? <laughs> just feel like a family chat. I've said before that we're a church that when change comes to us, we, will, we roll with the punches and we make the adjustments that we need to, and, and we do that. We're not a move the piano one inch at a time church, right? <laughs> we're not, and we're not going to be. Um, all of that said, I will, I will have very mixed emotions when we leave this building. 
because this was a miracle building for us when we got here. And it changed everything for us too. It was a turning point in our church. And many of you have come to sanctuary while we have worshipped here. And um, I thank God for that. All of that said, I am excited about the new building. And I am so, I have such expectation for what the Lord is going to accomplish on Rook Road. And I really believe the scripture is apt for us right now when it says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared. God's already preparing things. And so I'm excited to get over there, and it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome, and and we're going to be in the same situation over there that we've been in over here. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 I had a message that I was going to preach this morning. I had even put something out on Facebook. I have a message that I've been carrying that I had planned to preach this morning. I'm going to continue to carry it for just a little while longer. And the reason is um, I really felt like we need the vast majority of our church, almost everybody here, for that message. And I know people are watching online, but it's not the same as watching it online. I need you in the in the room when I preach that message. And so, coincidentally, two Sundays ago, I was getting ready to preach, and the Lord moved in here, and I didn't get to preach. And so I've been carrying another message with me. And this morning, as I was... Praying, I just felt like the Lord directed me to preach this message that I would have preached two weeks ago. And so um, next Sunday, Brother Odo will be here, but and then we have Spirit of Christmas, the final Sunday before Christmas. And we will have a service the Sunday after Christmas. I know that's a question some will have. On the 26th, Christmas is on Saturday the 25th. On Sunday the 26th, we will have church that Sunday. Um, But it will only be worship service. It will not be life classes. So just mark that down in your calendars, okay? We will have that service. But the Sunday before that, which would be the 19th, I believe it is, if, if my math is correct, Um, That is a Sunday. I want everybody here because I have a message that I'm going to preach that we all need to hear. Amen? All right. Turn and tell your neighbors, say, we're planning to be here. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you ate. I hope you gobbled till you wobbled. I hope you I hope you had one of those um, turkey comas come over you. I don't know what that chemical is in the turkey, but it is there. And uh, I hope it I hope it laid you out and you laid before the Lord for a while and and you enjoyed more than anything. I hope you enjoyed your time with your family and that you counted all of your blessings. And I know that when we get into the holidays, for many of you, it becomes bittersweet time because there are some that have passed and gone on and they're not here with us anymore and you feel their loss, their absence, I should say. Uh, it's, it's glaring during the holiday season. 
but I want you to know we love you. We're praying for you. And I have just been asking God that in this holiday season, the Lord will come down and bless all of you in a marvelous way. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your many blessings. I ask God that you would be with us today. Help me to preach this word, Lord. Give us ears to hear and give us hearts to understand what you would say. And I pray that when we leave here, we leave changed and affected by the power of your word. That all of us become receptive right now to what your spirit would do. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. You can remain seated. I'm not going to begin by reading a scripture. I'll get to one here after a while. My subject to you today is the origination of voices. The origination of voices. And I know that's not a very good title probably. But it's the one that, that kind of sums up what I'm trying to get across to you today. When we understand how something begins, when you understand where something starts from, where it originates from, it will begin to inform you of that thing's purpose and what that thing is trying to accomplish. Brother Randall this morning was teaching that lesson in our adult life class about uh, created to worship. And he got to talking about how all creation exists to bring glory to God. And that is a very true statement. You can, you can read that in the Bible, that creation, uh, it, it manifests the glory of God. It, it is a living testament to just how awesome and powerful God is. And... Of course, as he said it, the crowning act of God's creation was the creation of man on the sixth day when God reached into the dirt and he began to to form this body, this vessel out of the dust of the earth. And then the Bible said that he breathed into Adam the breath of life and Adam became a living soul. And that is very unique because while God spoke everything else into creation, and yes, it does exist to bring glory to God, with humanity, God became even more deeply involved. It was not only His Word that He gave and spoke over man, but He actually got His hands dirty, as it were. And He began to form man of the dust of the earth and And not only did God say, I will form man of the dust of the earth, but then God knelt down and breathed. And he breathed into Adam the breath of life. And Adam became a living soul. And that is Adam's origin story. And that is you and I, that is our origin story as well. And the thing you begin with is indicative of where you are going. And I I don't want to just get ahead of myself here, but I would tell you that we indeed were created to worship God. We really were created to lift him up and 
to magnify him, to show forth his praises, to glorify him, to exalt him, to worship him, to fall before him, to dance before him, to lift our voices in adoration of him, to clap our hands as an act of worship and praise to him. That's how we began was we, we began very deeply connected to God. And when we end, we should end deeply connected to God. Let me just tell you anything that is pulling you away from a deep connection to God is wrong. Anything that pulls you from him. It is a and it becomes a hindrance to you being able to stay connected to him. For you, that thing is wrong. If you cannot get that thing under control and submitted to, to your purpose, which is to worship God and, and to show forth his praises, if you can't get all of those things wrapped up together and, 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 and put in their proper place, then you need to lose those things. How something begins informs you of its purpose and what it's trying to accomplish. Beginnings are very interesting things because a beginning can come from almost anything. If you really look back over your life, you'll see moments of beginning. I can give you some of my key moments of beginning. Um... I remember, I remember the very first time that I decided that I was going to seek after God. I was five years old. I can, I can remember being in the service. I have no idea. To this day, I couldn't tell you what the preacher preached. All I know is that when he preached, it reached out and grabbed a hold of me. I thank God for services like that. There's probably services that we've had in this building that we're going to vacate. That you can't remember just what the sermon was and you can't remember what the, what, what, what the title of a message was and, and even specifically perhaps what was said, but you remember the way you felt and you remember how God moved in your life. And, and I can remember that five years old for the very first time I went up to the front to pray at an altar. And I was very, I know y'all wouldn't believe that now, but I was very shy as a kid. And, and one, of the, one of the things I hated was, was to feel put on the spot or be in front of anybody. And um, I, uh, that was hard too because I had a mom who thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then Sean came along, and Sean was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and and everything we did was was wonderful, you know. And and so um, I can remember some of the silly things that she, you know. Any of y'all ever have kids that your kid did something, and it was so cute that when people would come over to the house, you'd say, you'd say, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here. I want you to show them that thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not going to tell you the things that my mom wanted me to do for all the people and because and, uh, I, 
I have enough humiliating things out there that you already know about. I don't need to add to that list. But, but I was very shy, and, and probably because my mom had pushed me on some of that. And I remember that service. It, I was so impacted that I could not help myself. I, everything in me said, don't go up there and pray. But as a kid, there was something that pulled me to that altar. And, and I went to the altar and I knelt down. And, and to some, I probably just looked like a, a very still fixture on the step. But God was doing something in my life. And something changed in me that day. It was a beginning. It was a beginning in my walk with God. I didn't get the Holy Ghost. I didn't get baptized that day, but God began to work in my life that day, and something changed. And that's one of the reasons I always say that when we're praying with people, somebody may not get the Holy Ghost. They may not have the breakthrough you think that they should have, but we celebrate every trip to this altar. This is never wasted time. These are moments in which God is dealing with us and working on us and, and forming us and making us into something. I remember that. I remember, I remember the moment, it's in origin, I remember the moment that I met my wife. I can remember the moment. And I'm going to tell you all, she's just as beautiful today as she was then. She was... Y'all remember where they used to have the, some of you elders might remember this, where they had the payphone at the campground. Y'all remember that? There was, there was a payphone because we didn't have cell phones back then, right? And uh, I, I remember Brother Jerry Dean telling the story about when he, was a, when he was in junior camp at Texas District Camp years and years ago and by the way brother dean is supposed to be coming to preach our dedication service we're going to do that in september so i'll let you know that exact date but right now keep all your september weekends open all right he uh, he dedicated this building he did such a good job i figured we ought to have him come back he we've got this one filled up he comes and preaches the next one we'll fill that one up too won't we I remember him telling the story about the payphone at the campground there in Texas. He said that um, Sister Vesta Mangan had come to preach junior camp. Folks, they don't even know today. Sister Vesta didn't come to play games. When she came to preach junior camp, she came to preach junior camp. And he said she held us out over hell. And she had me so scared and worked up. And I was, the rapture was just about to take place that night at midnight. And he said, when we got out of church, he said, I made my way to the payphone. There was already a line of kids. And he said, we was lined up for days and people just waiting to call their parents. <laughs> and he said, I called my dad and said, Daddy, would you come get me? And he said, Son, if I left right now, I couldn't even be there till in the morning. He said, well, I think I'd feel better if I just knew you were on your way. She <laughs> and it was the payphone at the campground. And I remember my wife was standing behind where that payphone was. There was lattice work at that time that was on the front of it. And she was talking to another young man. 
I've faced many trials and tests. <laughs> and I've overcome. His name was Kyle. He's a, he's a friend of mine today. She's getting on to me for naming names. Oh, I could tell him about Kyle and I could tell him about... No, I won't. Brother Randall, I'm some dumb, but I'm not plum dumb, right? That's right. We're just going to leave that to rest. But there she stood behind that lattice. And through the lattice work, I could tell there was something special about her. And, and I, remember, uh, I remember just being captivated. And I remember it wasn't very long at all that I knew that this was the kind of girl that I wanted to marry one day. And look how the Lord has blessed me. It was an origin, it was a moment that started a journey for us. And so that was 30 years ago. That moment took place. And here we are. And so these beginnings are very interesting things. They, they begin to inform what you do from the day it started. And just as I started at the altar, it informed the rest of my life. Just as I met her, it informed the rest of my life. When the Lord dealt with me as I was living in my parents' uh, travel trailer, uh, living on Lake Conway, going to school at UCA, and I knelt down as I was... Uh, watching a Because of the Times video and Brother Anthony Mangan was preaching and I began to feel something come over me and I remember kneeling down in that trailer and in that trailer God began to deal with me and, and it was an origin moment that began to pull me into ministry and, and then here we are all these years later. These things happen and, and so the origin of things are very, very important. You've heard me talk about this scripture very, very often. I won't just spend a, a lot of time here, but it is a very powerful scripture, and I bring it up because we need to always remember the, the, the significance of it. There is a scripture that says that there are many voices in this world, and none of them are without signification. You are going to hear voices in your life. Every day you're hearing voices. You're hearing voices. You hear the voice of your wife or your husband. You hear the voice of your children. You hear the voice of your boss or a co-worker. You hear voices, and these voices, depending on how much, um, how, how, how much opportunity you give them, they begin to say things into your life, and we have to be so careful uh, what voices we are allowing to speak into our lives, and and you never know what has inspired some of the conversations that you have. Something usually originated that conversation, that voice in your life. There is something that provokes everything. Think about Satan in the conversation that he had with Eve in the garden. What inspired Satan's conversation with Eve, what what was the what was the impetus? What what was his end game? What was he ultimately trying to accomplish? And I think we can very clearly say that he wanted to bring destruction into her life. 
He wanted to bring destruction into their union between Adam and Eve, that, that marriage that God himself had performed. There's a man named Korah in the Old Testament. Korah was someone who rose up against Moses and Aaron. And uh, you can read about it in number 16. I won't spend a lot of time there. I'll just tell you something inspired the conversation that Korah began to have with other leaders in Israel. And that was a spirit of rebellion that rose up in him. And he began to speak out against Moses, speak out against Aaron. And the Bible said God was so upset with all that happened that the earth swallowed him up and all of those that stood with him. Uh, Aaron later and Miriam began to have conversation. What inspired that? They began to say, why does Moses take all this on himself? Why should he be the leader of all that is happening? You know, I'm his brother and... And you're his sister, and, and why would Moses be the one that is seen as the leader of all of this? It was, it was prejudice and jealousy that caused that because they had issue with the fact that he was married to an Ethiopian woman. And that you can read it, that's Numbers 12, that's one of the primary reasons they began to have that conversation. And, and then they were jealous of his, of his place with God, and so... That those are the things that inspired that conversation. Uh, Sarah had a conversation with Abraham regarding her servant, her handmaiden by the name of Hagar. The Lord had told Abraham that through him, he was, are y'all with me this morning? We okay? The Lord had told Abraham he was going to raise up a, a, a mighty nation through him. And through him, all nations of the earth would be blessed. And, and so time goes on. They become elderly people and and they have no children and let me just tell you you better be very careful when you try to help God please don't look at circumstance if God has said something your circumstances are irrelevant to what God has said and in her frustration she begins to talk to Abraham and says why don't you take my handmaiden Hagar and take her as a wife and you can have a child through her and and this will be the way that God will uh, bring about this promise and something inspired that voice of Sarah and I would tell you that it was doubt that inspired that it was doubt um, then you have people that are moved in a different direction. What inspired the conversation that the woman with the issue of blood had with herself? That as Jesus is passing by, he's on his way to Jairus' house, and as he is passing by, and she sees all of the people thronging him, and she knows that to get near him would be so difficult. To have a conversation with him would practically be impossible. And yet the Bible said that she said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And so the woman bowed, bent knees. I don't know if she crawled. I don't know if she, I don't know how low she was, but she was pretty low. I know that. And she got down on the ground and she got to where he was. And 
Brother Huntley said it like this one time. It blessed me. He said, if you can't get to H-I-M, him, H-E-M will do. And though she couldn't have conversation with him, she had a conversation with herself and convinced herself to touch the hem of his garment and she was made whole. That was a faith conversation that she had. It was an inspiration of faith that caused her to even have that discussion inside of herself. So everything has an origin. Everything has a beginning. And I am here to preach today and tell you that you'd better know from where the voices that are speaking to you right now have originated from. You better know where the voices that are talking to you right now are coming from. The things that you're questioning in your life, you'd better figure out where that question is coming from. And the, 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 the decisions that you're going to make that could absolutely change the course of your life, you'd better find out where that voice is coming from that is pushing that particular decision. You gotta, you gotta get this right. We don't have just a whole lot of opportunities uh, when it comes to the beginning of the things that God is going to put in our lives. And we've got to get this right. It's, it's so important that we get this right. Where you are has a lot to do with what you will hear. Let me say that again. Where you are has a lot to do with what you will hear. Amnon, the Bible said Amnon had a friend. Amnon was the eldest son of David. Amnon was the one that should have ruled after David. And yet Amnon had a sister named Tamar. She was a half-sister to him. And he desired her. And he took and forced her. And, and it was a horrible situation. And, and uh, it, this thing that he did. And the reason that Amnon even got to a point that he would do such a thing is because Amnon had a friend who began to speak some things into his life and to tell him how he ought to do. Amnon had surrounded himself with the wrong person. He had given access to the wrong person person we'd better be careful where the voices in our lives are originating from I could take you through the Bible I could give you example after example after example of people who let the wrong voice begin to speak to them people who opened up their ear to the wrong one um, they put themselves they went to places they should have never been you'd better be careful where you go and when I say where you go, I'm talking about where you go puts you around who you're with. Don't, y'all, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be a pastor today, okay? Be careful where you go. Be careful who you get around. But I love that person. That's my family. I, I love them too. But not everybody in my family is going to have opportunity to speak into my life. Well, 
that person has been through something similar to what I'm going through right now. I, I want to go listen to what they have to say. You better be careful because some of the loudest voices concerning things that they've been through are some people that have some of the most terrible spirits about what they've been through. I've been shocked. And I'm talking about people that are supposed to be church people that get up and glorify the things they've come out of. And, and, and this whole generation that we're in, and, and I know this is an odd message the way I'm preaching this today, but we're going to be okay. I'm just going to kind of bear my heart to y'all, okay? This generation that we're in right now is ate up with being transparent. We've got to be transparent. We've got to, you know, we, I'm, I'm okay with being transparent to a point. But I'm not okay with being an idiot. I got my glasses off. I can't see y'all. The other day I was talking about I'm, I'm wanting to get LASIK surgery on my eyes. And they said, what are you going to do? You'll be able to see everybody when you're preaching. And I said, I'm going to get blurred glasses that I can put on when I don't want to see everybody when I'm preaching. Remind me of moments like this. This this thing where we've got to be transparent. And, we've, and, and, and let me say another thing here um, and I want to be careful because I'm not here to to I'm not here to say that God does not use the things we've come from we know God uses the, the places we've come from the things we've been through right all right so I'm, I'm for that I've heard this said many times and in a lot of cases it's true that God will take, bring somebody who's been through something and use them, that become a part of their ministry to begin to help people who are going through similar things. And I think in a lot of cases that can be, that can be the case. But these people who feel like they have to relive everything and they got to tell all the, 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 the horrid details of everything, it makes me very uncomfortable. It makes me very uncomfortable because it says to me that they've not learned how to release some things yet. And you say, well, you're no psychology major. No, I'm not. But I've been pastoring a while and I grew up in a pastor's home and I've seen a whole lot of what I'm talking about. I've seen a lot of people who never could get over things. And they think that if they can just embrace the things, that that's as good as getting over it. But I'm telling you, it's not. God really wants to deliver us from some of the baggage of the things that we've been through. I'm not talking about we can just learn to cope with it and learn to coexist with it. I'm going to preach right now and learn how to live with it. And it become our constant companion. But we've got a little bit of a control over it. No, I'm talking about God give you the victory over it. Can we get back to the place where we really still believe that God can do anything? That God can deliver anybody? That God can heal any condition? That God can set any person or captive free? Be seated. Be careful what you're around. Be careful those voices getting in your life. Be careful that you've always got to talk about what you're going through. I despise that. I think, I think that is a spirit sent straight from hell 
that tries to convince you to always talk about what's bad in your life or what's wrong in your life. Do you think nobody else is going through stuff too? If I, if I begin to tell what all I know of people in our church and what they've gone through in the past year, it would, it would curl your toes if you knew what some people in our church have walked through in this last year. But you never knew they did. Why? Well, they, they just, they, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They were uh, in denial. No, they weren't in denial. They simply knew that they served a God who was with them. <laughs> who had told them, I will never leave you and I will never forsake. I'm preaching good right now. He said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Yea, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And he was with them in cancer and he was with them in home problems and he was with them in marital problems and he was with them with children problems. He's been with them in health. Be careful where the voices that are coming to you from. I'm not going to listen to any voice that tries to tell somebody that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. When you say that, you are, you are saying that God has no power to deliver them. Folks, if God can cause the sun to stand still and the moon to halt, if God can cause waters to part, if God can cause the blind to see and the lame to walk and the dead to get up out of graves, you better believe that he can set people free from alcohol. He can set people free from depression. He can set people free from addiction. He can set people free from anger. He can set people free from hateful spirits. We're not going to listen to voices that want to talk about that all the time. If I can't get together with you and talk about good things, don't be surprised when I don't hang out with you. If every time I'm around you, if the conversation has to turn about what's wrong or it has to somehow be negative, I'm not hanging out with you. I've got way too many other things to deal with to add all that junk in my life. I will not. I refuse to do it. Somebody's got to get up and say, this is not what I want to hear. This is not what I want to talk about. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The reason some folks can't talk nothing positive is because they don't have anything positive in them. We need to find an altar. We need to find a place where we say, God, I've been hearing what CNN had to say. And I heard what Fox had to say. And I heard what the neighbor had to say. And I heard what my friends had to say. But I really want to hear what do you have to say? Where you are is going to determine what you hear. Watch this. You can be in two places at the same time. Check this out. John writes an apocalyptic book 
of your Bible. It's called Revelation. John said, I, John, was in the isle that is called Patmos. Right? He gives his location. I'm sitting on the isle of Patmos. Where, what is the isle of Patmos? Oh, that's just where Rome sends all of the people that they're, they're trying to, to deal with, that they're, they're, they're thieves, they're murderers, they're, they're dissenters. They send all of these people to Patmos, they get them out of the way. They're crushing rocks on the Isle of Patmos and, and, it's, and it's slave labor that's going on. That John said, that's where I was physically. But that is not where I was spiritually. Because where I am at physically will not determine where I am spiritually. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> where I'm at physically does not determine where I am spiritually. I, I was in the aisle that is called Patmos. That's where I was in my body. But let me tell you where I was. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You can be in two places at one time. You can be in diabetes, but you can be in victory at the same time. Well, somebody help me preach. You can be in cancer, but you can be in healing at the same time. You can be all beat up from the things you've gone through over the last year, but at the exact same time, you can be in the middle of the greatest move of God and the greatest word of God that you've ever had. That's where John was. That's where John was. And he began to hear a voice there. And it was not just any voice. It was a voice of truth. It was a voice of righteousness. It was a voice of peace. It was the voice of the Lord. There's only one voice in scripture that never gets it wrong. There's a lot of voices that got it right sometimes, but they got it wrong sometimes. Elijah got it right when he said that the Lord proved to this day that you are God in Israel. He got it right. He got it right when he said the heavens are going to be shut up and there's going to be no rain unless I say so. He got it right. But he got it wrong when he said, God, don't nobody want to serve you but me. I'm the only one. And the Lord said, shut your mouth. He said, I've got 7,000 have never bowed a knee to Baal. You don't even begin to know what you're talking about. And I want to tell some of you who you think you're an expert in what you've been talking about. You don't even begin to know what you're talking about. Well, nobody's come through what I've come through. That's not true. God said, I've got many that have been right where you are. And I was there with them and I'm going to be there with you. Quit listening to the voices of doubt and despair. Only one voice in scripture always got it right and that was the Lord. Adam heard that voice. He heard it in the garden in the cool of the day. Abraham heard it in a heathen land filled with idolaters. Jacob heard it in a wrestling match. Moses heard it on the backside of the wilderness. Gideon heard it in a wine press. Samuel heard it in a badger skin tabernacle. David heard it on a hillside. Elijah heard it in a cave on a mountain. Isaiah heard it in the temple. Daniel heard it in the middle of a wicked king's court. Ezekiel heard it in a valley of dry bones. John the Baptist heard it in a muddy Jordan River. Peter and Andrew heard it 
sitting and fishing on a boat. John heard it on the Isle of Patmos. And Paul heard it lying on the side of the road. The voice they heard was in many different physical locations, but it always originated from the exact same place. It came from the presence of God. And when the people of Israel began to talk about what Jesus was saying, they said, never a man spake as this man speaks. And what we desperately need is to find a place where we can hear that man speak. You don't need to hear anybody else. You just need to hear Jesus. You don't need to hear some new commentator you just need to hear Jesus we got to get to hearing Jesus 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 I want to hear what you say Lord the voice that we most desperately need brother Bill come help me please the voice that we most desperately need is most often found in places of consecration that's where you're going to find the voice you need You can't seem to hear what you need. You're not going to the right place. You got to find a place of consecration. That's why John heard it. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. For Ezekiel, when the Lord told him, he said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy. Prophesy to those bones. Tell them, say, thus saith the Lord God. Behold, O my people. I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land, then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. When a heathen king was saying, y'all are dead. My goodness, when the preacher said, all I see is a bunch of dead folks. When everything around was saying one thing. God said, you just listen to what I have to say. I will open your grave. I won't just open it though. I will cause you to come up out of your grave. And I'm going to bring you into your own land. And you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I have performed it. Hosea 2 and 14. The Bible said, therefore... I am now going to allure her. This may be in the MEV version. I can't remember. I think it is. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Somebody say he's speaking. There I will give her back her vineyards. It will make the valley of acre. That means the valley of trouble. I will make the valley of trouble to be a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. 
you will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the bells, the idols from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the creatures that move along the ground. Bow and sword and battle I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord. In that day, I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil. And they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. I will say to those called not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. The Lord is speaking here to his people. As Hosea spoke to his wife, you'd have to read the first chapter of Hosea. It's, it's, a, it's a literal life picture of what God was going through with Israel. Hosea marries a woman who leaves and goes to others. And Hosea goes after her anyway and says, I'm going to bring you back to me. And I don't care what anybody else has said. They said you weren't my wife. They said you weren't. You didn't belong to me anymore. But I say you are my wife. And the Lord said to Israel, he said, I know you've come from some bad places. And I know you've had some other voices speaking into your life. (coughs) You've had others that have been telling you a whole lot of different things. You've had voices calling you broken. And you've had voices calling you bitter. And you've had voices calling you anguished. And you've had voices calling you uh, absolutely, utterly gone and lost. And you've had voices that have told you what they said you were and you thought you had to be that. He said, but I want to speak a word over you. The origination of the voice that God is going to speak in this room today is going to change the life of some people that are in this room. This can be one of those days that the origination of voices changes. And you look back and you say, I had a whole lot of things that had gotten caught up in my spirit. I'm talking to saved folk, by the way. I had a whole lot of things that had gotten caught up in my spirit. And there were some things that... When I look now, I see I had become something. I I didn't need to become that. That was not who God intended for me to be. God's going to speak a better word. And when Gomer, that was the wife of Hosea, when Gomer was on that auction block, she had gotten so low that she was being... Sold. Her debts had accumulated. She had gotten herself in a really bad way. 
what will you give for? And they said, well, for that old broken down thing, I'll give this. I'll give that. Wasn't very much. But all of a sudden, here came a Hosea. When somebody says, she's just an old prostitute. He said, no, she's not. She's my wife. When somebody said, she's just, she's just an old, been abused and abused and worth, worthless to anybody. Hosea said, not true. She's my wife. What do you want for? I'll give you anything. And Hosea gave whatever he had to give to purchase her back. And the Lord said, if you'll quit listening to those voices and come with me, I'm willing to give whatever I need to give to buy you back to me. And in the name of Jesus, oh, I feel the Lord here. In the name of Jesus, with all of our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I say to you today that the Lord has come to purchase you. The Lord has come to wrap His arms around you. Maybe while I've been preaching today, you felt like you were on that auction block and you could hear voices. You know the voices. You know what they've said about you and you know who they've declared you to be. Yet I hear the voice of another. He says, I will say to those who have been called not my people, I'll tell them that you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. When we find God in a place of humility, repentance, He will receive us. And that's why he kept saying to seven churches of Asia Minor, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. He that hath an ear to hear, would you please hear what the Spirit is saying some of you young people you're in a fight for your self esteem right now you're in a fight for your identity right now and I'm trying to quit but I feel a prophetic spirit on me right now so please just give me a moment you're in a fight for your very identity of who you are and what you will become don't listen to voices that have been deceived by an enemy. Don't listen to voices that are trying to pull you into the mire that they're stuck in. Listen to the voice of God. Some of you that have made some mistakes, church, 
life hasn't quite turned out like you expected it to. And there's been some mistakes made. Don't listen to the voices that say this is where you you can't come back from this. You can't be part. You can't be His people like you were. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't listen to the voice of the bitter. And don't listen to the voice of the backslidden that needs you to help justify them. Listen to the voice of the Lord. As he says, you will be my people. And I will be your God. As you continue with your eyes down, your your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I want to do two altar calls today. The first one is for those. And please, please be responsive. God has been in this. For those of you that while I've been preaching, you feel like the Lord's been pulling for you. You feel like God himself, like it's like he, he just singled you out today and he's been pulling for you and reaching for you. Well, everybody's just doing their own thing. Their heads are bowed. They're, would you come to the front of this church and find a place at this altar? Please don't, Terry, please don't wait. Please, would you just get up from where you are and say, that's me. I've got to get down there. I've got to get down there. Come on, church. I'm going to take just a couple more minutes here. Please, please, please. This is the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. Is for the voice of God to begin to speak over you. There's a new word getting ready to be said. Thank you for those that have responded. Before I move on, I just uh, we're not looking around, so don't don't stress that before I move on. If there's anybody else you need to hear, you need to come respond. Please don't wait. Please don't hesitate any longer. Please get up from where you are. Please come let the Lord speak a word over you. Please let a word the Lord speak a word. Come on, that's it. Let the Lord speak a word over you. Come on, this doesn't mean you're a bad person. This doesn't mean you're even backslidden. This just means some voices have been breaking through, saying some things, and it's been wreaking some havoc in your life. Refuse that. Now, if everybody would, I want us to find a place to pray. Some of you... Some of you need to come to the front. Come on. You want to kneel at your seat? Kneel at your seat. Let's find us a place to pray right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.